Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 8 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really feel like I haven't sat in this chair for a while because, Craig, I haven't sat here for a while. It's been um, Jewish holidays for about two or three weeks, and therefore I haven't been here. But it's great to be back in the driving seat. And uh, we've got a great lineup today, as usual. And we have a great lineup to also just let you know for the rest of the year. Um, you know, it's it's quite uh, quickly coming to an end, as many of us have already made sort of thinking about making plans for December. But um, what we really want to do is do a normal build-up towards the end of the year and just really touch on the topics that are important for people to know. The one thing we always talk about towards the end of the year is short-term insurance. Um, it's one of those things that we tend to sort of ignore until we're about to leave and then we realize we've got this and this problem. So we will do a segment on that. And um, definitely what we're going to do next week is I would, I'm hoping to get Wayne McCurry to come back into studio just to explain to most of us what on earth is going on with our investments because if you got your investment statements now for the end of last month, I'm sure many of you are still trying to catch your breath. Because they were not pretty, even if you're sitting in money market for some reason. We, we're just not seeing the returns that we would like to see. Lots of reasons for that, but that's not the issue. The issue is how do we deal with it going forward and what are our expectations. But quickly, just before we run to the break, just to let you know that for those of you who know what IOT stands for, well, then you're in the pound seat because that's what we're going to be talking about for the next hour. And in studio with me is Fatih Malinga, who's a managing director of a company called Squidnet. If you want to see a really nice website, that's the place to go. Squidnet spelled S-Q-W-I-D, net. Go have a look at it. When we come back, we will be discussing with Fatizwe all about our IoT, starting it up in South Africa, building it, getting it into the market. But we'll be back with you in a moment. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 11 minutes past 12. And as I told you just before the break, in studio with us is Fatizwe Malinga. Welcome to High FM. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. And nice that you brought a whole entourage with you and everybody's here and we get our whole Yes, and energy running in the studio, but let's jump straight into it. Um, as I said to you when I met you, um, I sort of know what's going on in the world, I'd like to think. But when I got to the press release, I had to do a bit of research. <laughs> so let's go back to the very beginning. Okay. And what is the Internet of Things? What does it really mean to me? What does it mean to our listeners? And how do you position it as a business? Okay. Um, the Internet of Things is is about really... If we look at the name, it's, it's really about that exactly. How do we connect something um, to the Internet? And, and what we mean by it is that thing generating data um, in a way that we can make better decisions going forward. Um, the first guy who actually did this was on a, a Coca-Cola vending machine. He got tired of walking all the way across to this vending machine while he was in school, only to find that there was no Coke. So he... He wanted to just look at that sign that said no Coke. And, and if it was on, he didn't bother walking. And if it, and that's really what it's about. It's about making decisions, um, against an asset that isn't quite close by to you. In our terms today, um, that would be something like, let's start off with a car. 
um, somebody moving your car and, and your car letting you know that it's being moved. That's a little bit of data on a device that you just leave lying around in your car and, um, and it senses that it's moving. Um, you could have it on a door, um, where somebody opens a door, say, um, to your jewelry <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, and it would just send you a little, um, discrete message that would say the safe door has opened. Or someone's gone into your bank account. Well, not unfortunately. It has to be a thing, and, okay. and this is the, the this is the problem with um, bank accounts. If your bank account is like mine, and it's in between the mattress, okay, right. <laughs> then, the then mattress you can, has been lifted. Absolutely, you can say the mattress <laughs> has been lifted. But on a, on a similar note, I was going through your website. You've yeah. done something like that with manholes. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. And I, I, I was looking at that because just a, a bit of context. Yeah. I don't know if you remember many years ago. On the M1 highway, yeah. in the uh, in the middle where that island is or that that barrier is, there were still gratings for the yes. water to go into, yes. and people were stealing that. Yes. And what was happening is, if you went into that, it, it was terrible. Your yes. tire got caught, yes. and now they've replaced them with concrete. Yes. So I'm yes. sure it's still inside the concrete, but, yes. um, and yes. I was just thinking, well, by replacing manholes from plastic from steel to plastic, yeah. there wouldn't be a need to steal the manhole. But it's what in the manhole that counts. Absolutely, absolutely. And in South Africa, I mean, last year we had 104 deaths. That means um, every three days somebody died from a manhole-related death. So it is a serious problem. You know, in the studio, the lady was sitting in this chair before me. Yeah. Um, Sharon Lurie was walking one evening. Yeah. And walked into an uncovered manhole. Yeah. And really caused herself a lot of damage to her foot. Yeah. And she was walking slowly, was just dark and didn't see it. Didn't see it. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was one of the smaller manholes. Obviously yeah. not how the whole body yeah. would have fallen in. Yes. yes. But th- those things are serious, especially on the highway and on the roads. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. M- maybe let's just go there quickly because yeah. I think that's fascinating. There are, I think, three million manholes. You said somewhere on the website. There's l- yeah. lots of them. Yeah. To put a device on every one, First of all, what are people looking for once they open the manhole? What's the value inside there? Depends what um, kind of manhole it is. Some manholes themselves are valuable because they're made of metal and they can, it's about scrap metal. Others, there is nothing really of value. Back in the days, they used to get copper in the, in the manhole. Now they're made of fiber, so there really isn't anything of value. Um, but, but it's, it's, uh, most, most criminals want to see for themselves. So <laughs> they will check first. Maybe this one hasn't been changed yet, hasn't been Absolutely. updated. So you put the device on, it's phenomenal, it's got a 10 year battery life in it. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting into the heart of the internet of things. Yeah. I go and I fiddle with a manhole. I yeah. open it up sufficiently to trigger the alarm. Yes. Where does that get sent to, that signal? In this case, it goes to a central, um, they call it a control center, and and on the control on the control center it lets somebody know that there is a manhole that's been opened. Um, they can pair and check if there's a technician in the area, and if there isn't, then they know that um, somebody has has unauthorized unauthorizingly opened this manhole, and 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 then they respond appropriately in whichever way. Most of the the actions that come from IoT messages are still manual, are still human human decisions rather than... So we're not trying to get into an automatic world. We just want to know more. We just want visibility. And then and then the decisions that we make are the, are the usual decisions. You know, as I'm listening to you, yeah. 
again, I, I told, we were just talking before we came into the studio how technology today is so advanced that those of us who are older than 25 sort of remember the day when the cell, first cell phone came in and we held this thing. We couldn't believe that it actually worked. Yeah. And yet today, I, I've had a hassle with my daughter for the last two days. I felt absolutely vulnerable. Yes. Like, I, I got out my highway, my GPS and my phone wasn't working. I actually had to use the GPS in my car. And so primitive. Totally primitive, <laughs> because it doesn't know what's happening on the traffic. And and yet, that's the way we've gone. Um, so one thing I remember listening to was the, a chap from Google whose name I forget, a, local, a South African guy, who was talking about this many years ago. I went to a conference, and someone asked him, how do you put it into your fridge? Yeah. And the answer was, well, how do you know whether you have eggs or lettuce in your fridge? So well, yeah. open it and I look. So, well, why open it? It will yeah. tell you. Yeah. That you've got two eggs left. Yeah. Or you got, your lettuce is going off. <laughs> I remember thinking, don't be stupid. Yeah. You know, but yet, that's the way our lives have gone. Yeah. We want that information. We need that yeah. information because the price is so frenetic. Yes, yes. And, and I mean, in that fridge example, we, we're almost there now. Um, we, we have devices that you can put into your fridge, um, that tell the temperature of the fridge. Um, very important when, you are moving goods from one point to another. Um, frozen goods move at a different temperature than, than fridge goods. Right. And if you're in the business of transporting sometimes frozen and sometimes fridge, um, you want to have an indication, <laughs> you want to have an indication of, um, um, the temperature of, of those goods. Um, but we also have things like, like sonar. And, and I don't think it's very far where we can sonar your fridge. And, and learn from within the fridge what's sitting where. And eggs sit in generally the same spot. Right. Um, um, so we could via sonar tell whether there's eggs in the egg shelf or not. Um, might not be able to tell you, you know, things that, that are, are far more that move around like milk. Um, but definitely, definitely it's not too far, not too far. When you're working on that, yeah. work on the milk. And go one step further. Yeah. Let me know whether the milk's sour or not <laughs> before I have to smell it in the morning. But that, because that changes, the, the sour milk has got a different density. So yes. I'm sure you could pick it up. Okay. Craig's asking us, we need to take a quick break. But when we've come back, I think what we've done is we've given it a, a nice overview as to what the Internet of Things are, is. Let's spend the next section when we come in discussing the company, the company that you, that you, Acting and um, CEO of yeah. when is that going to stop acting? We can no, that's actually stopped now. Okay, so now so you're, you're the, the proper first CEO. To know now. Okay, so the, we're making it public now. Public now. We're sitting with the CEO. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Great. Let's discuss it. Let's discuss your company, what it does, what the innovations you're looking of, and also looking to. So, and also, really, what I'd like to discuss is entrepreneurship. Okay. Your company entrepreneurship, and then the country and entrepreneurship. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. It's 20 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And for those of you who've just joined us, we're talking to the CEO of a company called Squidnet, and his name is Patizwe Malinga, and we're talking about the Internet of Things. We've just given, I think, a bit of a background as to what it is from practical examples. Patizwe, tell us about Squidnet. First of all, where did you find that name? <laughs> so, so Squidnet is a a innovation um, that DFA thought of Dark Fiber Africa is uh, the parent company and and they thought how do they go to the next level how do they innovate how do they disrupt themselves and and they figured 
um, wireless connectivity is the next frontier, and they landed up um, um, coming up with this company called Squidnet. Um, they researched a couple of technologies in the world, and if you if you think about a triangle, at the top of the triangle we have what we are normally used to, which is our cell phones, which is 4G and broadband, as they call it, fiber sometimes to the to the home, um, and then. If you come down that pyramid a little bit, um, you you get less and less data being transmitted, but more and more battery power um, coming out of it, and and you land up in an area called ultra narrowband, which is the exact opposite of broadband. And in this ultra narrowband space, um, there's two technologies that were that are that are dominant. It is it is Sigvox, and it is LoRa. Um, Dark Fiber Africa decided to go with Sigfox um, because Sigfox gives you a global network. And and what they were trying to solve um, involves assets moving between cities um, like fleet, like freight, like trains. Um, and, and so Sigfox is very well suited and also sometimes freight moving between countries. Um, so they chose this technology called um, Sigfox. Um, because it gave them the ability to build a network that can sense billions of things. I think Gartner estimates 20 billion um, IoT devices will be connected by 2020. Um, others estimate 50 billion. Mm-hmm. I think th- they all at least end with the word billion. So we know there will be many. quite there will be quite quite many. Um, to answer your first question about SquidNet, um, and that's where the name came from. So a squid. Um, has got a ru- it's rumored it has a billion sensors on its body and and hence the company that is setting up a network that will make it possible for billions of sensors to connect and would then be called squid the squid network yeah. i was wondering whether it had anything to do with that creature and another thing about that creature is that it's incredibly flexible yes and it's pliable Yes. Um, I mean, I've seen videos where it crawls through the most, the minutest bow yes. holes in a boat. Yes. And really that's a technology you've gone for. Yeah. Technology that's very easy to install. Yeah. Um, doesn't need a lot of, well, you've got a lot of, obviously a lot of battery power because it's yeah. not sending complex detail. Yes. Um, you know, if, if I, if I think, for example, with one exercise with an exercise watch. Yes. And I actually played with mine on, after an exercise on Sunday. Yeah. And I was amazed when I actually sat down with my phone and just played just the heart rate monitoring, yeah. the inclines, the declines, the cool-offs, the this. That's huge amount of data that's being collected. Absolutely. Whereas if your truck's running, you just want to know the speed, yes. the, the direction, maybe the engine temperature, the exhaust temperature. And if it's arrived in an area or left an area. Right. We can also create what they call geofences, which is a virtual a virtual area um, and we can tell when something enters and leaves that area so you could put up a geofence at your warehouse right and then you would know that your truck has arrived at at destination and or has left or in a potentially high hijacks high high hijack zone um, you could also put one of these um, geofences okay. up what I noticed by, by looking around is that you've got you and your colleagues have all got pedigree. You've all yeah. come from either IT or telecom or yeah. somewhere where you've had a lo- and held nice, I mean, or senior positions yeah. over there. Yeah. What do you wish to achieve in the next short while with your company? Um, I think when I look at 
technology in an African context. A lot of technologies, when we find out about them, we are either consumers of the technology, um, therefore we're seen as a market, um, or, or if we do understand the technology enough, the technology has become obsolete for us to do anything um, um, worthwhile with it. In an African context with IoT, we are sitting in a position now where we can make a difference. We can leapfrog um, a lot of first world countries with the type of solutions that we can start producing. Um, we've seen it with the entrepreneurs that we've worked with um, who have come up with solutions that that the first world looks at and goes, wow. Um, um, we have we ha- and and the quality that we produce in terms of those those solutions is also up there. So it's not it's not um, dodgy, dodgy technology, and 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 then the problems that we have are very contextual. Um, I mean, we were we were having a chat about um, um, babies um, being abandoned or being thrown away. Those are those are real African, almost Afrocentric. Afri- problems um, that we need to solve. And and these technologies, we don't know how, um, but we know that if we put them in the right hands, um, are the technologies that we require um, to solve these kind of problems. When we look at our young, um, they are able to use little to produce more. And, and that's what IoT is. It's a simple solution that isn't rocket science, but but applied the right way um, can make a huge difference in terms of our quality of life. Do you think as South Africa we sit in a very, very privileged position in that we've got this Gini coefficient between the haves and the have-nots, the rich and the poor. Yeah. You've got where we're sitting now and if we travel down Weberta Avenue, yeah. we go left, we go to the richest mile in, yeah. in Africa yeah. we go right, we go to addicts which is just the opposite yeah. um, and yet there's many people who live in addicts or majority of people living in addicts cross that Rubicon every day yeah. into Santon and you, you've got kids who are growing up in poverty yet they're exposed to tremendous technologies and growth and development yeah. and, and opportunities not as much as they should have because education is not where it should be yeah. but They've got a, they've, they've got something to offer the world because of their experience. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I mean, an, 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 an example that we have in our first entrepreneurship that we ran, um, we had one kid who came in and he came up with the solution, um, to, to switch off power in a, in a one room shack. Um, he, he, he would put up something that would detect if there was a movement. In the shack and it would SMS you. And, and, and if you didn't respond one or two to the SMS, um, it would then shut down power because all the power was from one plug point and he, he could disable, um, that, that plug point. Those are solutions that are born of an African problem in terms of our, our, our shack fires, but are universally, um, valuable, you know, beyond, beyond shacks. Everybody would love, um, a solution like that. Um, so, 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 to your point, this is a a third world a kid in coming up with a third world solution that has first world appeal, and that's that's true disruption. Uh, um, uh, the way you ended that is true disruption, yeah. and I think it's something that often as people we yeah. we just think oh it's too simple oh we've got a a chip on our shoulder keeps 
giving us a different way of looking. So say, hold on, this is an idea and put it forward. Yeah. A similar thing, I don't know if you saw about, there was a similar story of a schoolboy in Kenya yeah. where his father's goats kept getting eaten by lions. Yeah. And he came up with the most simple solution. What they realized, the lions were not going anywhere where there were lights because they realized there were people there. Right. So what he did is he rigged up Christmas lights, yeah. little LEDs yeah. to a solar panel and a battery. Yeah. And he strung it around the crawl. Yeah. And his lights would go off intermittently. Yeah. They could hear the lions. In the morning, they could see that they had been there, but there were no more attacks. Wow. And all of a sudden... It might be lions and goats, yeah. but in that context, goats was as valuable as a truck full of goods, yeah. a warehouse full of equipment. Yeah. It was the person, and all of a sudden, no one, no lions going to eat your goats anymore. Yeah. And if you could roll that out cheaply with one solar panel, one battery, and a roll of Christmas lights, yeah. now that innovation can then be taken into the first world, so to speak, yeah. because the basic premise is the same. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, you spoke about entrepreneurship. Yeah. You clearly are entrepreneurs. You guys came yeah. from somewhere, you've started your own, you've left the, the comfort of a paycheck and you've yeah. gone out and, and done it. But how you are, how are you connecting with young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs coming into the marketplace? Yeah, um, this technology is so simple um, to use. Um, we usually kick off with what we call a Sigfox day, which is we, we let entrepreneurs come off the f- off the field, they apply, and um, on the first day we teach them how to use the hardware. Um, we do what they generally call a hello world, um, which is very simple for them to do: how to hook up your dev kit, and 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 you build an IoT device in the morning. Um, on the next day, then we teach you a bit about software, and we teach you how to come up with your own solution. So, in the manhole example. Um, you would then build that dashboard that would sit at the control center that would show where all these manholes got opened. And then the third day, we, we, we try and give you um, basics that teach you about a business plan because at the end of the day, you're going to be going out there and trying to run a business. In our first entrepreneurship, then we ran an eight-week webinar where we helped you build your business plan. In the new um, entrepreneurship, that we will extend to 12 months. So... Um, we have a company that we work with called Business Doctors, and they have um, asked, based on our, our success or learnings from the previous one, um, to extend this out a bit more so that they can get these entrepreneurs a much more solid um, business plan and give them an opportunity to interact with each other and maybe form new consortiums as they as they build because the entrepreneurs that we get come from both walks of life and I and I intentionally say both. Um one is very um electronic or IT based and the other is not as in very very real skill. Yeah, let's expand it. I understand yeah. completely they either are or you aren't. Or you aren't. <laughs> Absolutely. But 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 they both have Something valuable, um, if you are setting up a company. One's got the street smarts, the other's got the electronic smarts. And putting those together, we're hoping we can get more of those synergies happening. The bottom line is that it's all good and well to be an entrepreneur and come yeah. up with an idea. Yeah. But ultimately, it needs yeah. to generate revenue. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. Absolutely. So this youngster in Kenya yeah. puts kits together, yeah. it sells them to rural farmers, um, and he has a maintenance program or something. So he's really done, he's, he's monetized his idea. Yes. How's this chap, this youngster who's got the sense and the shacks, yeah. the single dwelling, single room dwelling, 
How does he monetize that that idea to yeah. people who are literally living hand to mouth? Yeah, the the so so the good thing about SquidNet um, is we are building an open access ecosystem, and the open access ecosystem has one of let's call it three types of companies. The first one is hardware makers. The second is ourselves, connectivity, who get messages from this hardware. And the third are these dashboard makers, the ones who make the applications. And at any one point in time, um, those companies are producing solutions. We produce over 500 different solutions. Um, and these, and you can be one of these companies. So as soon as, as an entrepreneur, you, you firm up on your, on your idea, um, you you get inserted into this ecosystem, and immediately you have access to a market, which is which is the most important. Um, in this one, we will also be working with a company we can't mention at the moment, who will put you on their preferred vendor list. They're just clearing it with their people that they can do this. So 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 we address immediately the access to market. What business doctors then helps you to do is is access to funds, um, because if you're if you're in the hardware side of this, you'll need at least half a million to 1.5 million to buy the tooling um, to make your 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 dream come true. The as much as I say the SquidNet ecosystem, it's not local only because the nice thing about this technology is if it were if you build it and it works, it can work in any one of 50 countries. So you not only have access to a ecosystem that is South African, it's truly global. You can sell to the Americas, you can sell to Europe, you can sell to Asia. But is it what, you, what you've just said here, almost off the cuff, yeah. uh, it's got my head reading because yeah. you are taking entrepreneurs yeah. with an idea yeah. or a bit of smarts when it comes yeah. to technology. You're bringing them into a workshop, yeah. giving them... Um, everything that they need from a training point of view. Yeah. What happens in most scenarios is then they get regurgitated out onto the street. Yeah. And they say, "Find your way." Yeah. But yet, what you're doing is you're keeping them in. You've you, you've given them access to finance together yeah. with pupillage. Yeah. So it's not just here's the money, make it work, and in a year's time, yeah. you know, where's my why haven't I got dividends? Yeah. Oh well, I, I don't know what to do with the money, so we bought the wrong equipment. Yeah. That doesn't happen. And most importantly, you can see the end of the line because you yeah. know who the market is or the potential yes. market is. Yes. So a youngster coming in, and I say young not in age yeah. but in entrepreneurship experience. Yes. Is absolutely cradled from the beginning all the way through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and 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 it is it is exactly that 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 we love working with entrepreneurs in terms of this technology, because truly, I haven't yet seen, and 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 maybe there has been, but I haven't yet seen a place where you can go next. What you know now today is nothing about IoT. Next month you could attend our course and in January you could have a prototype running in Thailand. And, and, and three months from that a full production line of, of 10,000 of whatever your, your product is. I have never seen that. Um, and that makes us excited. It makes us say we've got something to offer the world and, and this is a way how you can offer it to the world. And I sort of cap in hand. Handout charity organization. 
Not at all. You are now, you, you know, as the old expression or adage goes, yeah. you're not giving a person a fish. You're teaching them how to fish, but you're putting them by the right pond with the right coach. Absolutely. So yeah. that it's almost a no-brainer so long as the person stands there yeah. and keeps doing what he's meant to do. Yeah. Before we run to the break, and this unfortunately always the snows, and now we're getting, oh, I don't know, I'm getting all excited because one thing that as, as a member of the Jewish community, you've always been grown up with stories of people who got off the boat with nothing but the clothes that they were wearing and yeah. came to Joburg, couldn't speak the language, came to Cape Town, couldn't speak the language. Yeah. And yes, there was a community infrastructure that always helped. Um, our major charity, which is down the road, started in 1888 and been helping Jewish people since then. But they got here. They just made things happen. They, yeah. And yet what you are doing is exactly the same scenario. You're giving people hope, but it's hope together with support yeah. so that the idea can, can, can have legs and can run. Before we run to the break, how long has SquidNet been up and running? Um, we started, we, we got our license November 2016, um, and then we put up our first base station January 2017. Uh, how many entrepreneurial workshops have you had? So we've had one official one, um, and this is going to be our second one. We've also had a university challenge. So almost the same, but, but with just the grand goals in mind rather than, um, financial dreams. Um, so this is going to be our second big one. Of that first workshop that you've yeah. had, how many entrepreneurs are up and running today? Um, so we, on the first one, we had a hundred applications. Um, there was a bit of work they had to do. We got 22 people sitting and went through the course. 11 got, um, access, not access to funding, got an, got a, a, a an opportunity to pitch to funders. And, um, I'll have to check for you of those 11, how many are, are actively running. But I know of active. two. I know of two, um, only because they're moving within my circles. Um, um, but I hope it's more than two. <laughs> so just to share with you that there's a business model called the 150-10-1 rule ah, right. that Robert Kiyosaki came up with yes. where he says you view 100 properties. Yes. You put in an offer on 50. Yeah. You end up buying, you end up negotiating on 10. Yeah. But you only buy one. One. It says yeah. if you can do that, yeah. you built a business. Yes. And you've done better than that. Yeah. Because 100 came in. Yeah. If two are running, yeah. that's two people who are now going to employ other people. And you're up and running. Craig's getting itchy. We need to take a quick break. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. So I haven't said it for a few weeks and my tongue got all twisted there. In studio with me is Fatizwe Malinga, who's the managing director, managing director and CEO of a company called Squidnet. And we've just been spending 40 minutes discussing what IoT is, the internet, the solution of things, etc., etc. We've now discussed your entrepreneurship drive. Am I right in saying that Squidnet needs these entrepreneurs? They are the bloodline of your future business model 100 percent, 100 percent. we are we we are a wholesale connectivity provider um despite all the all the noise we make in the market in terms of 
awareness of IoT. At the end of the day, we wholesale IoT. We need these entrepreneurs to build the solutions that make businesses make better decisions. So, so you're absolutely right. We need these entrepreneurs. They're the lifeblood of Squidnet. You know, somebody I've, I've heard speak very often is Adrian Gowan. Adrian yeah. always says that every big public gathering he'll get to yeah. is the first thing he does is thank the people in the audience. He says, as great as discovery has become, yeah. if not for you people promoting our product, I wouldn't be standing here today. Yeah. And, and it's the same sort of model is that it's just in your ethos that if we can uplift and help and support holistically, and the, the, the benefit to you is exponential. Absolutely. Let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about South Africa and about the, the, the milieu in which we find ourselves. It's a hard place to live at in, in yeah. South Africa. Um, I'll never forget, um, Maya Khan, who was the CEO of, uh, SA Breweries many years ago. I read an article about him. He says he was in a business conference somewhere overseas. He was just sitting there listening to people talk about the issues and their problems and the f- challenges they face. Yeah. And he's not a man to mince his words. And he got up and the article said, he turned around and said, when I listen to you complain, I want to vomit. <laughs> He says, you guys have no idea the challenges that we have in South Africa to run a business. Yeah. The things that you take for granted, we grapple with every single day. Um, and that we have a unique set of, of, of issues. Yeah. In South Africa, how do you find Squidnet is helping to just, I don't know how to use the word uplift, but to change and to be a, a force for good in every way? Yeah, I, I think the the first that I notice in particular is is that as South Africans we we are we are very friendly people, but but we are very competitive when it comes to business. We find it very hard to to not identify other companies as competition, and and the world that we are let's call it the digital world that we where we're moving towards. It's an ecosystem world. It's a it's it's not a world. Where, where competition is the main theme, collaboration is the main theme. So I think the first thing I do notice um, is is this fostering of ecosystems and breaking down these these walls that allow previously companies that view themselves as adversaries to sit at a at a, at a table and start coming up with with solutions for society is 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 heartwarming. So I see, I see that a lot in terms of the, the telcos that we work with. I see it in terms of the insurances that we work with. And, um, and, and, and it, it's necessary if we are to survive as a country because we are in, we are selling beyond our shores. We are, we are, our nirvana is being an export country. And, and that means we'll be, We'll be competing with other countries, and 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 price is king, um, value is king, and and we need to be in a position where we can, we can be as efficient as possible when producing our products, so that we can compete in those in those markets. Um, I, I, as you said that, I was, when you said we're a country, country that exports, we're an export country. The first thing I was about to say was that, well, mining is in the decline, agriculture's a little bit yeah. precarious at the yeah. moment, and as I said that, I thought, hold on. But your company speaks to both those industries yes. and supports and helps. Yeah. If farmers know that someone's yeah. tampering with the equipment, if they know what's happening with the weather, yeah. and all that information runs yeah. through SquidNet, yeah. 
Yeah. The value is there. Yes. But again, also just to the just two adages that are that I've you know I've heard before. There's there's a wonderful Jewish expression, um which translated means this one benefits and this one doesn't lose. And the example that's often used if I'm holding a candle yeah. and my candle is lit and you need to light your candle. Yes. By me lighting your candle, you, you benefit and I lose absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Except for we've now got Two candles as opposed to one in the same space. Absolutely. Another uh, beautiful example I heard about, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a true story, but about a, um, a very, very successful um, maize farmer yeah. who would supply his neighbors with seed. And everybody was like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. It's your direct competition, yeah. and you're supplying them with seed. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. He said, you've got to look at the big picture. Yeah. These are my immediate neighbors. Wind, insects, animals transfer quality of grain from one farmer to another. Right. If they've got inferior crop, yeah. it'll pollute my crop. Yeah. By me ensuring that they've got superior crop, yeah. I guarantee that my crop will not become tainted. Right. And that's exactly what you're talking to. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, in, in just in the agri space, we have um, the easy one would maybe be soil moisture as a as a, as an example. Um, we are able to tell how wet the soil is and, and you can, you can start watering your crop as it needs, um, that moisture. Yeah, that's an agri problem, but, but if you're in the Western Cape, that's a huge benefit to you living in town because there's less water being used, um, by a farm, which, 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 which benefits all around. It's a, it's a shared, um, resource. You know, so um, we 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 were working with a few other kids right now in our university challenge, and and one of the things they're trying to do is they recognize that in the agri space, not many people know what to plant, and when to plant it, and and how do they how do you solve this problem? And they are saying, okay, let's put up these IoT things, and through AI, let's start telling these newly found farmers. Um, what to plant, when to plant, when to rotate your crop. Um, um, that is possible in terms of, in terms of technology as well. Uh, well, I'm finding that fascinating yeah. because, um, you know, often that boils down to just a simple soil test. You yeah. take a sample, take the University of, uh, of, yeah. uh, of, of Tutaki's agricultural department. Yeah. There was a professor, Labaskachni, I don't know if he's yeah. still there, and that was his department who yeah. could tell you, you yeah. know. Yeah. With the soil, you should plant X, but if yeah. you want to plant Y, you should do this. Yeah, yeah. But often the people don't have access to transport to this. So now just with the signals or the data they're receiving, yes. they can make those decisions. 100%. We can talk on and on and on, but what I'd like to talk about a little bit, yes. if you don't mind, is not, I was going to say for you to blow your own trumpet, mm-hmm. but you, I can just, your whole demeanor is humble and that's not what you, you want to do. But there's a certain confidence that comes across you know your product, you know your company, you've been around a long time. Yeah. Tell us who you are, where you come from, and where I'd like to end off is what's your vision going forward? Not so much for SquidNet, yeah. but for us, as people who look at you as a successful business person yeah. and say, give us some, give us something to think about, about being confident as opposed to being fearful. That's a and you've got your devil minutes to do it in, right? <laughs> um, 
That's a okay, so serious question. Let's start, let's, start, let's start about who's Fatih's one malingua. That, that oh. I think you can answer. Yeah, okay. So I'm a, um, I, I believe that I'm a technologist at heart. Um, that's a fancy way of saying I just, I like tech. I'm a geek. I like gadgets. Um, and what draws me to gadgets, um, at the most basic, I think, is, is, how that how they can improve our quality of life um, in in many ways you know and if we if we look at the application of technology in health in health um, and I was in healthcare for for ten years um, i've I've always been fascinated at the difference um, that technology can make um, whether that be in an ICU or or simple as 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 holding holding a baby's hand. Um, through a incubator um, that allows for human touch, uh, but 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 I think what I'm about is about um, making leaving the world better than I found it. Um, there's two things I think about um, quite heavily these days. Um, the first one I think is is being a net positive consumer. Um, these resources that we found on this planet that we use, um, if we're not careful with them, and, and, and generally we aren't, um, they'll run out no matter how, how efficient we can be. But how can we make more of them so that we leave more? So that's, that's the first thing that's kind of on my mind these days. How do I leave more water than I found? How do I leave more food than I found? How do I leave a better distribution system than I found? Um, and then the second one I think is, is, is life expectancy. Um, so I've always talked about improving quality of life, but to what end and how do we measure um, quality of life? If you look at the life expectancy graph, um, um, the best of an African country puts you puts us at 70 years, um, when Japan has 90 years, you know, and Sweden has 90 years. Um, and that's the best of an African country. Uh, I think we on average about 54 years. As about to say 70 is a... Yeah, that's yeah. the best. That's I, I, like, I seem yeah. to remember it was in the 50s. Yes, absolutely. And um, um, so so using... This is just a how. Um, I think I think what I'd like to do is is increase Africa's life expectancy through resources, the use of resources, and in this case, technology resources. I think IoT... Is well suited in, 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 in being used in all the industries, in agriculture and mining, in, in manufacturing, in logistics, in health, in our homes, in, um, in, in geezers. You know, we, we, when I look at it and I look at IoT, I say, we can actually make a difference. This is one of the, one of the few times where, where everything we were taught, um, we can actually apply and, and leave um, Africa better off. So I think, I think that's what I'm about these days. Just on that note, um, and I haven't asked you anything personal and yeah. I, I don't want to do it on air, but we were talking about abandoned babies. Yeah. Um, the, the rate, the rape, the rate of rape in this country is, if you're speaking to a non-South African, they, they just think you're making up the figures because it's just unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. The moral fiber in this country has really been stretched and it's fraying. Yeah. Um, you know, you take Botswana, for example. Chisinyama on the side of the road has been outlawed on a Friday afternoon because yeah. um, 
I forget his name, Ian Carmel was yeah. driving one day and he yeah. saw this and he said to the guy, like, what are you doing? Yeah. He said, we're relaxing. He says, yeah. go home and relax with your family. Yeah. So rebuild that fabric. Yeah. Do you think that we are in the process of rebuilding that fabric in the country and, and bringing up children that are not exposed to desperate means simply because they have a family structure of one means or another? I agree. I think so. And, um, and we are at, 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 we are at a good point. Um, I think, I, I think we can't get worse than where we are and where it's as bad as it gets. And when I look around, I see examples of, of, of humanity, of South Africans, of, of us who, who, who I thought had disappeared being there and, and shaping, um, the South Africa we want to live in. I see us, um, I see us rolling our windows down at traffic lights and still giving out money. Um, um, I've, and, and, and color means nothing when I see it happen. Um, um, so, so, you know, it, it, it glasses half full situation where what what you look at um, changes how you see the world. And I choose to see the good that we do. People want more of you. How do they get hold of you? Um, our website is um, squidnet.com. Um, we we have a put- button there called Contact Us, and you can get hold of us. And it's very easy to email anybody at Squidnet. It's our first name at squidnet.com. So if you're trying to get hold of me, just email me, patizwa at squidnet.com. If you don't know anyone at Squidnet, email info at squidnet.com. <laughs> patizwa, thank you. It's been fascinating. All the best to you. Thank Please you. be in touch with us. And let's meet in a couple of months' time. Here are the successes. And let's share the celebration of young entrepreneurs coming in and creating lives for themselves and then being able to give charity rather than being recipients thereof. Great. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for putting it together. Next week, as I said earlier, I hope we'll have Wayne McCurry on the show. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. See you later.